we're back for another exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your host and relationship expert, Spicy Mari. And today we're doing an episode on the spicy fundamentals and we're breaking it down for you in this five-part series. We already did self for, or we did it S for self. <laughs> now we're doing P for passion. We'll have another episode on intimacy, communication, and learning to say yes. Let me do that one more time so I can break down what it stands for. Mark. We're back for another exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your relationship expert and host of The Spicy Life Talk, Spicy Mari. And today we have a special episode in store for you on our five-part series, S-P-I-C-Y, which is spicy and which stands for self, passion, intimacy, communication, and learning to say yes. Today on The Spicy Life, we are breaking down everything about passion. So if you didn't have a chance to listen to S for self, go back and listen to that other episode. But today is P for passion. And here to join me is uh, my little sister. She is going to be <laughs> interviewing me, being um, the phenomenal woman that she is. I have Shelly. Uh, hi. hi. That's my little baby sister, Shelly Stamps. And she is a lifelong student with a passion and curiosity about the human experience. Shelly received her master's degree in ethnic studies from San Francisco State University, where her research focused on collecting the oral histories of black medicine, women in the Bay Area, and exploring land as a healing conduit for black women. Shelly's vision is to create a space where conversations on the discourse between social justice, environmental justice, and spiritual practice intersect. Shelly is especially passionate about rebuilding our spiritual and cultural connections with the earth and exploring the symbiotic relationship between women and nature. It just sounds so good when you read it. Every yeah, you need to read time. mine fast and read mine with uh, some fast? effervescent okay. the way I did. All right, y'all ready for this? <laughs> okay, ready? Spicy Mari is the CEO and founder of the Spicy Life Inc. As a relationship expert, Spicy Mari has dedicated her life's work to encouraging singles and couples to communicate and connect more effectively by incorporating passion and adventure back into their interpersonal relationships. Spicy Mari received her BA in communications from UC Berkeley and a master's in communication from USC and is a certified dating coach from the International Dating Coach Association, raw and definitely uncensored. <laughs> in her matchmaking approach, Spicy Mari has been featured in E-Daily Pop, Access Live, VH1's Basketball Wives, BuzzFeed, Essence Magazine, Soul Pancake, and LATV The Zoo, just to name a few, y'all. As a recurring dating coach and matchmaker, you can catch her Spicy Tips live every week on the Spicy Life Talk, available on Dash Radio and all podcast platforms. Good How was job. That? that was much better. That, I was that, that, feeling that. that one. I'm like, dang, you just got to leave me flat that? while I gave you I a channeled big, my like... inner spicy. Did y'all feel that? <laughs> I channeled my inner Mari. Well, today's episode is about passion. And so Shelly has me over here in the G spot, or she, she told me that I should call it the me spot. And so <laughs> we're going to dive into passion, which is the second part of the SPICY program. Okay, go ahead, Shelly. Dive into everything that you want to know about All right. passion. We're diving into passion. I came up with the P in passion for spicy. Let's talk about your passion. Uh, last week, we talked a little bit about your journey. This week, we're going to talk about your passion and your passion for relationships. So how did you discover your passion? <laughs> okay, so if you didn't hear last week's episode, I told you the whole story about my mom being a single parent, me having um, multiple fathers, um, me going into the grocery store and like pitching her and pitching me in order to find me a new father. I was on the hunt, y'all. But I didn't realize, I think, that my passion for relationships and I call relationships, you know, my crack. I don't think that I realized my obsession for love until I saw the power that it had over other people. And as someone who is also addicted to power, I 
started to realize that that was my superpower. It was my gift because it was what I noticed something that people were very afraid of. I don't know how many times my mother, the school system, um, school teachers, you know, just uh, family friends would emphasize to me how important my education was, how important it was that I became a forensic scientist. Um, that to me was crazy because <laughs> uh, as much as, yes, I loved getting good grades, uh, being a forensic scientist, similar to if you guys watch the TV show Dexter, he was a forensic scientist. You look at the scene of the crime after a murder and based on the blood splatter, <laughs> you decide and figure out who done it, <laughs> why they did it. Um, so it's a whole nother <laughs> level. It's a whole nother level um, when it comes to the medical industry. But I also wasn't that great at science. Like I needed a lot of help with it, but I was operating from a place of doing what, you know, my mother told me that I should be doing or, you know, how to bring, you know, money into this family. You need to, you know, find your practice. And what I thoroughly enjoyed in my personal life, but then also in my studies or even while I was at UC Berkeley was hooking people up. I would love setting them up. I did it as a little girl for my mother. I did it for family members. And I saw that I was really, really good at making a connection and introducing someone to someone else because they wouldn't do it for themselves. We oftentimes operate from this place of fear. So we're concerned and we get in our head about what that other person is gonna think of, you know, of us. I don't suffer from that. I actually, <laughs> I actually prefer to embarrass myself because in the embarrassing of myself, it makes you uncomfortable. And I now have the power when you're uncomfortable. And so me understanding that people weren't embarrassing themselves or stepping out on a limb or making the introduction because society has told us that there has to be this gender dynamic of women waiting on men and finally, we got to this place, you know, in our lives, which thank God it's 2019 and we don't have to do that with our career anymore. We're still doing it when it comes to our personal life. So that's a whole nother episode. But I love the power of seeing people light up when I would make this connection. And I loved the rejoice and the excitement and the like cutting out the games in the sense of having to hope and pray and wish on a star that this person likes you as opposed to me just making that introduction and seeing if there's, you know, chemistry as opposed to you waiting around for it. I was actually doing that. And I started to see that it was, it was a high for me. The high came from the setting up. And then what I realized was, okay, I'm setting you guys up, but some of you guys are breaking up what's going on. That was the next element I think that really encouraged my passion for me, for myself to do the research and to dive into the spicy fundamentals and elements that I discovered in my um, scholastics. But also too, I don't like the, my success rate. Like I'm setting you guys up. I know you guys are great catches. What's going on? Part of that was not understanding interpersonal relationships, not understanding self and then also not understanding what you love about your life. Mm -hmm. And that is the P in passion for SPICY. Okay, so let's peel that back a little bit more. So what does the word passion actually mean to you? So passion for, well, it's more than just for me, it's for <laughs> the, the, the program, but- The program. Pa passion, passion, essentially, what we have come to know passion as is this excitement. What passion really is, is 
having a positive emotion for something that you are experiencing, for something that excites you, that ignites the ability to, to have an autonomous experience or relationship with whatever that thing is that you are doing. Money isn't enough of a motivator for us. And as much as it pays our bills, if you are passionate about what you do or passionate about a hobby, passionate about an activity that you're doing, studies show that you are more likely to be successful at that thing. And it can make you more productive, but in addition to that, last longer in that thing, which is why, you know, society now in this generation is like encouraging for you to figure out your passion so that you can make a career about it versus just working, you know, typical schedule for the man. Like we see, you know, our parents in these jobs, you know, for 20 years, like they don't love it. They showed up to work because they know that they needed to provide for us. However, we now have the opportunity to and it's celebrated more than it was for them, be excited and love what we do. But in addition to that, a part of the balance in life is having passion in our personal lives as well. Having the ability to have extracurricular activities, it makes us more of a whole person. When you have these things that you are passionate about, when you have these hobbies, these things that you enjoy, that excite you, you're now able to connect with someone else on another level because they either have those passions or they don't, but it gives you an ability to connect with them over something very similar. And if they don't have those passions, that's okay. It doesn't take away from the relationship. However, you have to know what you're doing and when you're doing it and if it really excites you or not. And if you don't know your passions, once again, you can be sold anything from anyone. That's very true. So when you have clients who are enrolling in the program, when they come in, do you find that they already know what they're passionate about? When you come into the Spicy Life program, nine times out of 10, you have fallen out of love with yourself mm. and fallen out of love with your life. And there may have even been, uh, it may even be that you never loved your life. However, you, I also find that you don't have very many passions. And if you did have them growing up, or maybe you had hobbies, or maybe you had you know sports that you played or instruments that you played or things that you used to do that you really loved, Part of the reason why our parents put those in those is so that we couldn't discover what we were good at or discover what we enjoyed. We didn't have to be, I sucked at gymnastics, but I was passionate about it. <laughs> I wish my mom would have given me an instrument, but I was passionate about it. It gave me a, a competitive skill set and helped me to understand endurance. And so me knowing that that's one of my passions, I still to this day, like enjoy, you know, watching gymnastic tournaments. But now when I speak to someone, I'm able to, you know, to connect with, oh my God, you did gymnastics, I did gymnastics, you did cheer, I did cheer. But understanding what you're passionate about or what you gave up, I want to know, you know, why did you give it up? If you're not playing the violin anymore, you're not golfing anymore, Shell, because you haven't been golfing lately. Why aren't you doing that anymore? Is it a time constraint? Because you have to make time for the things that you love. You have to, and it really is hard to balance, you know, your, your work life. And so if you can't make time for the things that you love, that means the majority of the time is going to be filled up with things that you may not be crazy about or things that, you know, are, are, you know, laborsome. And so there has to be this thing that you have for yourself. Mm -hmm. ha there has to be, you know, this passion that you have that is yours that you don't even have to share with others if you don't want to, 
but you have the option. And if you don't have any passions, there's nothing to balance out the moments or lackluster of when you aren't in a feeling in, you know, in a passionate mood. Yeah. What if you know what your passion is? Like you were saying, what if you know what your passion is, but maybe you're afraid to pursue it or you don't know how to get started in your passion or you're afraid of rejection or something like that. How do you encourage people, your clients in particular, to kind of push back their fear and kind of go towards their passion? A part of passion is self-expansion. When you maybe, like you're saying, know, okay, well, I'm passionate about this thing, whether it's career, whether it's a hobby, whatever that thing may be. When you discover or am open to reigniting that flame within again, now I'm going to push you to step outside of your comfort zone. If you have a fear, that's the one thing you do not want to tell me. If you have a fear of something, we're going to go fucking do it. And that's the crazy part about my program is like, and that's where it really gets spicy, um, is because if you tell me you're afraid of heights, we're going skydiving. If you tell me that you are afraid of snakes, we're going to a snake aquarium or museum. If you tell me that you are afraid of being naked, guess what? We're going to intimacy yoga and we're about to, or go to, you know, the we spot. Like I'm going to put you in an element that's outside of your comfort zone because if you are comfortable and you are not happy, then the only way to get you to a level of happiness is to cross that line, is to cross that threshold of complacency and putting you in another environment because you have to be exposed and you have to push yourself. I know it's very fearsome of, oh my God, like I can't do this, you know, I'm super nervous, but you have me within it. And that's why the coaching part portion is so important is because there is really strength in numbers. And although we may not have you to a point where you're able to balance out the voices in your head, I need to be that other voice of reasoning that can tell you, you can do it. I need to be that other person that can tell you push through. Mm -hmm. I need to be that person that can tell you like, nope, we're going to go up to him or we're going to, you know, um, send her a tech. Like I need to be that voice in your ear that kind of conquers that fear until you're able to conquer it for yourself. Mm. Why do you think people are so afraid to live? I think that we're afraid to live because we don't give ourselves enough room to fail and society has demonized failure. Mm. I think society has demonized failure from a financial standpoint, from a love standpoint, from a career standpoint. Failure is a part of our growth process. And just like, you know, the example that I gave you when we were kids and our parents put us in all kinds of, you know, sports or, you know, we went to the YMCA. Um, I can't figure out what I'm good at and what I'm not if I don't try. And I'm not going to be good at everything. Mm -hmm. I sucked at a lot of things. But giving myself room for that failure also gave me the opportunity to figure out, okay, well, I'm not that good at it, but I like it anyways, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Or I excel at this. Let me focus on this. And so because we have told our kids in their adolescence that they don't have permission to fail. Yeah. No, you have to be the best at that sport or you have to be the best in your class or you, you know, have to make sure that you get married. Like we, we keep, you know, we, we set our kids up for failure when we don't explain to them, you're gonna fail. It is inevitable, but it is a part of the process. It is a part of you learning how to get back up and it's a rite of passion. Yeah. 
It's funny because you said the the point you made about parents and it's like oftentimes parents, unfortunately, their love becomes conditional. And if it's like if you're not really, really good at this thing, then you feel like their their approval of you is directly tied to you performing well in this particular thing. Yeah. So a lot of people do get afraid to pursue something or do get afraid to because, like you said, you're afraid to fail because so much of the ego or so much of they think love is directly attached to their performance. And so they won't even give themselves an opportunity great, to try. Great, great, great. So, yeah, um, so you, since we're talking about love, uh, you creating that space where people can try and you're creating a supportive space for them is like, you're not judging somebody because they're failing at somebody. You're just at something. You're giving them the opportunity to try and to pursue things they've never had the courage to pursue before. Right. Absolutely. And I let you guys, I let my clients know from the job, from that, like, you're going to fail. Like this is, this is, this is a process where yes, you came in hoping for, you know, the transformation of the spicy life and going through the program, you will transform, but you're not going to be amazing at everything. And one thing that we psych ourselves out with is that we're afraid, especially to fail at relationships. We don't want to experience the rejection. It's easier for us to get rejected from a job than it is for us to get rejected from mm -hmm. a person because we take it so personal and we see it as, a reflection of our self-worth. But if you don't experience rejection in relationships, and that's why I say that it's a, a rites of passage, you will not understand what you did, who showed up and how to recover from that to continue moving on until you find a partner that you are compatible with. And so because fear stunts us fear makes us stuck in what you know and i referred to this um in the last episode um this the outwitting the devil you know speaks to drifting fear puts us in a you know this stagnant place that doesn't allow us to propel or move forward mm -hmm. and that within itself is how we remain alone we remain stuck at a job we don't like or even unemployed mm. or um unhappy with our bodies or, you know, we, we decide to just accept our state versus celebrating who we are and pushing through to become or to have what we want. We don't push through. So there is this element of acceptance. Yes, accept who you are, but don't be comfortable. You don't have to stay in the comfort of it. Accept it, acknowledge, and now we push through. Mm. And so I help with the pushing part. I'm a pusher. You guys see the mean girls? I'm a pusher. I'm I push. Pusher. I'm a pusher, Katie. <laughs> I push people. That's hilarious. Um, I think there's this other part of passion that when it comes to the P in passion that we also forget is romantic passion. So there's two elements of passion. There's passionate about what you like to do and what you love in life. And then how you're going to do what you love in life um, with or without someone enjoying that thing with you. Cause what you're passionate about should not be indicative on someone else or your partner doing that thing for you. It should be your own thing that you can share if you want to. The other part of passion though is the romantic passion, which a lot of couples when they're struggling with intimacy tend to lose in their relationship and intimacy is a whole nother episode that you can tune in or for, for the next one. Um, but when it comes to romantic passion, it is this element of desire and this celebrated experience with someone 
where you guys get to not just adore one another, but adore the time that you're spending. The element of passion is created through either having an opportunity to spend time with this person and then balancing it out with time apart. The only way that you can truly desire someone is to see and feel what it is like without them, yeah. which is why I always encourage, you know, take your own trips, have your own hobbies, because when you guys will do them together, you'll appreciate them more. Your passion and the romantic passion will not be indicative of that person having to be with you. But then when you do get together, you're able to appreciate the romantic passion more because now there's this synergy between you two that you guys get to come both having been fulfilled and being happy with your own personal lives outside of each other and now bringing those together. And so the passion or the element of, you know, desire when it comes to, you know, romantic passion also comes from what a lot of people will say, you know, I love their confidence or I love that, you know, they're so, you know, self-possessed or they know who they are, but it's because you developed your own passion. Right. I can't, figure out who you are if you ain't got nothing. True. If you ain't nobody, <laughs> how can I follow up with that? Do like, something with yourself. What, like yeah, enjoy like, what do you your do? life. Do you enjoy your Make life? it enjoyable. It's very true. Can you give us an example of a success story or you've had with a client who you were able to push and kind of give that extra coaching to and they were able to come out the other side having discovered their, their passion? Uh, one client in particular, um, it was a male and he knew that he he knew what he was, um, that he, he was running his own business. He was um, an entrepreneur. He ran his own like graphics, um, marketing, I guess you would, yeah, I guess it, it was, it's essentially digital marketing. Um, but he knew that he was passionate about this thing. What he didn't know was how to connect with other people about this thing. And so what I did was make him go through a series of, why he loves it, why it's for him, what he brings to the table and what he brings to the industry, what sets him apart and who, of course, you know, his target demographic is because oftentimes you come in for relationships and it winds up turn, turning into life coaching. And so in this particular element, it turned into career coaching. But what we were able to discover is all the things that he put that make him an individual when it comes to his career, when it comes to his business, when it comes to you know why a consumer would want to use his services, we were able to discover that those are the same amazing elements that make him a great lover, that made mm. him a great man, that made him um, a great potential father. And so when he was able to own his individuality, the highs, the lows, you know, we did a SWAT on him, and you know, really discover what set his passion apart and how he showed up in his passions, we were able to transfer that over into him, that now showing up and how he connected with women mm. when we would go to networking events. He wasn't just selling his business, he was selling himself. Yeah. And I think that we forget that part. We're like, okay, let me tell you about the spicy life. Well, really, let me freaking tell you about spicy Madi. And I think that's what you guys were calling me on, um, you know, you and here by Vanessa, because <laughs> you guys were like, yeah, 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 we get you're giving us relationship advice, but give us some of you. Yeah. And what was showing up with his passion about his digital marketing company was not enough of who he was. Mm. And that was also showing up when he was making connections with people 
at these networking events. But what was great was us going to these networking events and like what I like to call um, scouting. He's selling his company and I'm selling him. Um, he was able to, through word of mouth, find someone that he was able to put through, you know, an interview process for like his job and really sell his company so that this person would potentially work with him. But they wind up falling in love with him, the person. And they're now in a healthy and loving relationship, which he was almost afraid he wasn't capable of or he was doomed for. But everything that made this company that he really believed in so amazing was also what made him so amazing and made him a great partner. Yeah. So we weren't just selling the partnership of his business, we were selling the partnership of his love. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you just made because I think when we hear the Spicy Life brand, we think it's, you know, there's a misconception that it's just solely about relationships and dating. And the reality is when you say Spicy Life, you really do mean the Spicy life. life, the whole life, career, spirituality, so spirituality, your relationship with your body, your relationship with your mind, your relationship with your friends, your relationship with every aspect of your identity, and most importantly, your relationship with yourself. Right. So, um, yeah, you really do. You throw some spice on every. You throw some spice. <laughs> you throw some spice and mama hot sauce on every part of people's lives, which is really awesome. Uh, I wanted to ask another question again, just about gender. Do you find, and with the passion portion of the program, do you find that male clients are a little bit more like receptive to the information than your women clients, or vice versa? Like, do you have like any? Uh, do you find that anybody is more flexible to the idea of pursuing passion than others? I think that in my studies, like I, the, the, the spicy assessment that I give my clients when they first come in is a questionnaire that asks you questions based on self, passion, intimacy, communication, and learning to say yes. And one common thing that I notice, no matter how the lowest of lowest or unhappy people are when they come into the program, men still score higher. Mm. And that's saying a lot because oh, yeah. what do you think people are coming in very, you know, people are coming in like, oh, I want more out of life, help me do this. Because even at the lowest point in our lives, men still operate from a place of a different level of security where their self worth and their self-esteem on a normal basis is not wrapped up in their relationship with us. Mm. And so because women um, especially tend to be told from a very young age that if you do not have a partner, you are not in partnership, you have not fulfilled your due, you know, diligence as a woman or, you know, as a person with a vagina, um, and so it, that, that's constantly being, being reinforced, you know, in the messages that we send, you know, in the way that we operate or connect with one another and the things that we discuss with one another in the way that we relate to one another. Whereas men don't strive for the same commonalities that women do, men connect with one another, not so much on, which is unfortunate, not so much on the family dynamic and on the relationship dynamic. Men are like, Oh, dog, you're in a relationship. Oh my God, how's it, you know, yeah. I'm in a relationship. That's not <laughs> the comment, you know, where us girls will be, you know, like, oh my God, tell me about your boyfriend. Like, yeah. what? I love you guys, but together. They, we are so much more, you know, obsessed with the partnership aspect than they are. They connect more on their life passions. Mm. You love this sport. I love this sport. Wait, yeah, my dad, my dad used to take me fishing too, dog. Oh my gosh, you know, putting that worm on the hook. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> you like draft a beer. I like draft beer. Like, 
it's they're able to find camaraderie and find connections even if they're not that crazy about each other's personalities they're able to find commonalities based on what their passions and their hobbies are in life and it doesn't even matter to them as much when it comes to this place of judgment about what each other is doing with their personal lives where us as women tend to judge more about our personal lives if you notice men tend to not judge each other as much on affairs mm -hmm. as we do with one another. Yeah. Oh my God, you're gonna destroy your family unit. Where yeah. them on the other hand, it's like, nah dog, I'm not gonna say nothing. Like there's a different level of code because also too, their relationships and their connecting isn't surrounded as much unless you met through your partners. And even then there's still this level of, we're gonna find and connect on our passions versus connecting on relationships. Mm. Speaking of finding and connecting on passions, do you, what if I have a partner and me and my partner have very different passions? Does that mean we're not compatible or does that just mean we have different passions? No, that is amazing. I love that you asked that question. It is okay that you have different passions. You actually should have different passions. You more than likely would not be excited about every single thing that your partner is passionate about. And sometimes we are, as partners have to force ourselves to pretend to care or to pretend to be excited <laughs> about what that partner is. We do that because it comes from a place of love. And if you're not pretending to care, I want you to learn tomorrow how to pretend to care. It is impossible to force someone to care when they really don't give a fuck. But for the other partner's sanity, you have to pretend to care. And so have your own passions. When your partner expresses something to theirs, pretend to care. If you can get involved in it and you can get excited about it, all the, the you know, all the great, all the merrier. But, you know, me and my husband have completely different passions and he, you know, gets extremely, you know, I get extremely excited, you know, when my new podcast, you know, episode, you know, comes out, he gets excited when he gets a new nail to put into, you know, his catalytic converter or whatever. I don't want to be out there tinkering with him. I'm excited to have my alone time and as much of an extreme extrovert as I am, I applaud him for his separate hobbies. Now we both have to have shared hobbies though. You have to have something, some common interest that you can do together. You can have separate passions, but our core values are the same. So because we both appreciate health and fitness, we get to eat those nachos on a Saturday and then Sunday now we're working out and doing a, you know, a whole core workout together. Afterwards, he gets to go back to his, you know, car and work on it. And I get to go back to, you know, planning, you know, or do or reading my book or whatever it is that, you know, I get to, you know, do my movie marathon, like whatever it is that I'm excited about or that I love because we are two separate people finding things that we connect on. We're able to live our lives together, but make time separate from each other. And I think there's this misconception that we have to be under each other's butts 24 seven. Mm -hmm. That is a toxic behavior because if that person is not with you or if that person is unavailable to you, you don't know how to function without them. And so you need time apart and you need space to find passion with each other. It's a part of passion. Mm. That is a great note to end on. <laughs> Thank you, Spicy Madi. And I want to do one question in The Naked Truth. Apart from dating and relationships and improving people's lives and upgrading everybody, what's one other thing you're passionate about? So I'm extremely passionate about movies. Um, as much as I try to tell people that can't be a hobby. Oh yes, it can. Movie watching is a hobby. I <laughs> am addicted to movies and I'm addicted to television. Um, and I'm addicted to tacos, but. 
huh? movies, TV, and tacos. <laughs> movies, TV, and tacos. But you, because I was a latchkey kid and my mom worked a lot, the TV raised me. I had the TV on as like my freaking um, babysitter in the sense of like, it comforted me, it soothed me. I remember, you know, little recording all of the intros to every single TV show that I loved, like on a like little tape recorder and playing that as like a soundtrack for myself. When I wake up in the morning, you like, it would, that's say by the bell. <laughs> <by> the bell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but I, till this day, love TV and it provides me comfort because it gives me an escape from reality. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, I get morphed into another universe. And so it's this element of being able to like use my imagination, but also uh, get warped into another like time period and experience. I really get lost in television, which is probably why I'm going to turn, you know, the spicy life into a film. Mm -hmm. But I'm addicted to TV to the point where I can't go to sleep without having watched a show or so I feel like my day is incomplete. Top three shows of all time. Top three shows of all time would be... I love True Blood. I'm a huge um, vampire fanatic. That's my favorite monster in the world. And if I had to turn into a monster, which um, should be one of your spice breakers, if you had to be a monster, what monster would it be? I would be a vampire. Uh, my other favorite show would have to be um, Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful is spectacular. It is dark. It is dreary. Oh, it's another vampire you show. You do like dark shows. <laughs> I just, I'm like, oh. I think you do like very dark things. <laughs> it is a phenomenal freaking show though, um, which I miss and I'm so sorry and sad that it's like off of the air. But um, if it ever made a comeback, I would be totally all up in that ish. And then my other favorite show of all time would have to be, let me think, let me think. More than likely it would be. It's not Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is amazing. However, but it's not in the top three. I would not say that Game of Thrones is one of my top three. I'm it would it, it need like I'm very moved and affected by like emotional shows. I'm really obsessed right now with the affair. Um Oh yeah, you were telling me to watch that. Okay. Yeah. But it would have to be, I know it's probably like an HBO show. Um Oh, 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 sorry. No, it's not. <laughs> I lied. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't even say this. Spartacus. Um, on stars is my third. That's a great question, show because I never thought about the three. I only always mentioned the first, but yes. Yeah, so you guys have to watch True Blood. So they're all like fantasy. You don't really Penny like Penny Dreadful yeah. and Spartacus. Okay, add those to your HBO and Showtime Stars Showtime Q. <laughs> Upgrade your life. A spicy Mighty will not only upgrade your life but also upgrade your Netflix and your Hulu list. <laughs> You guys can play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at Spicy Mari. And there you guys have it. You have just been spiced. The Spicy Life.